Hello and welcome to episode 7 of LFP, the Lee Forest podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be chatting to AET CEO, Mr. Julian Drinkle, to find out what it's like to run a multi-academy trust. We're also going to be discussing the return of year groups, reception, one and six, and how the children have settled back into life at school. So now I'm delighted to be joined by Mr. Drinkle, who's going to tell us all about being a CEO. Hello, everyone. My name is Julian Drinkhorn. I'm the Chief Executive Officer of the Academy's Enterprise Trust, AET, and I've been CEO since December 2016. So what do you enjoy most about leading Academy's Enterprise Trust? What I enjoy most about leading AET is the huge variety of people that I come into contact with. It is such a privilege and so exciting to be working with 32,000 children in 58 schools all around the country. There are so many stories, so many contexts, so many different communities, and I'm able to try and work out what is best for those children to help each and every single one of them to choose to lead a remarkable life. So not only do I have tremendous contact with children, but it's also the super talented teams that we've assembled at AET. And I get to work with some of the best teachers and best teaching professionals in the world. So maybe my most perfect and enjoyable day is a school visit. And I'll start the day um, normally with a fantastically warm greeting from all of the reception staff. Uh, and then typically I'll meet with the head teacher and we'll discuss what have been some of the recent plans and initiatives and some of the wonderful events going on in school. And then we might do a tour together and I'll see some of the teaching going on in the classrooms. And I'll have the opportunity to listen to some of our pupils and students, uh, ask some questions of the teachers. Sometimes I'll be lucky enough to get uh, lunch uh, quite often, a fishy Friday lunch is one of my favourites. And I'll sit and talk to some of the children, see how they're feeling, see what their plans are for the weekend. Uh, and then maybe I'll meet with the student council. Um, maybe I'll meet with the senior leadership team. Um, maybe they'll show me some of the recent um, events uh, and exhibitions. And on other occasions, I'll have the opportunity of meeting maybe some of the governing body and uh, some of the parents uh, thoroughly enjoy going to assemblies or participating in parent evenings. So I think you can tell that I'm hugely enthusiastic about seeing the entire AET community, uh, feeling part of that, feeling that AET is contributing to making everyone's lives remarkable. What did you have to do to become a CEO? To become a CEO uh, took time, practice, energy, uh, a little bit of luck. Um, but mainly, it for me, was about working for other CEOs and really learning how the job works. So I think uh, the reason why I got to become a CEO is because I had been successful in helping a number of other chief executive officers be successful. And I have had the privilege of being number two 
for a number of really brilliant um, CEOs. And playing that supporting role, it's a little bit like uh, an apprenticeship. You know, you are the student, you're learning the skills that are required. And at the right moment, there's suddenly a, a moment where you, a leap of faith, um, where you transition and it's the right moment for you to become a CEO. In my case, that happened for me when I was working for Macmillan Publishers. I had been Chief Operating Officer, uh, otherwise known as COO, which is basically the number two to a fantastic Chief Executive by the name of Richard Charkin. And I had worked closely for Richard, implementing all the ideas that he had, suggesting variations on the way we might do things. And when he left as Chief Executive of Macmillan Publishers and a new Chief Executive came in, I was then asked to become CEO of Macmillan Education, which was all of the educational publishing businesses of Macmillan around the world. And we were very much in every continent, Africa, Asia, South America, North America and Europe. And I think it was because I had helped Richard uh, do his job so well that I was asked to take on that role. Three other quick thoughts about CEO. First of all, it isn't for everyone. And many, indeed most people, uh, don't um, become um, a CEO. All of us have our talents. And as I think I've always tried to stress, it's the quality of the team. It's the quality of the team that really makes uh, an organisation successful or otherwise. Second observation about being CEO is it isn't easy. Um, the buck does stop with the leader of the organisation. Uh, it's fine to be clever. It's good to be popular. It's nice to be humorous. But ultimately, the difficult decisions need to be made and actions need to be taken. And this leads me to my third observation, which is one has to have an extremely strong sense of purpose. Who are you serving and why? And the importance of always understanding that and thinking about that before making any decisions. What has the response been to AET providing £2 million worth of equipment to children? Great question. Uh, in a word, fantastic. Um, just to fill you in, um, as lockdown and the need uh, for children to be at home became apparent, um, we realised that at AT we'd done fabulous work with regard to technology and getting Google and Chromebooks and devices into our schools, um, fantastic technology resources um, that we know our children um, have really enjoyed. But what became clear was we needed to make sure that every single child had access to some kind of computer device and not only access to a computer device, but also access to broadband and the Internet. And so we uh, invested two million pounds to bring the total number of Chromebooks up to 16,000 across um, AET and to make sure that every child 
uh, whatever their personal background and circumstances could have access um, to that. And, you know, the, the response that I've most uh, enjoyed, that I've really loved, are the stories and the letters and the descriptions of children receiving those Chromebooks and those devices uh, and the pleasure and joy that those have given. Obviously, it's been very gratifying to have been in the national press and we've been picked up in a number of the uh, major newspapers, including The Times and the BBC has reported on AET's uh, magnificent efforts to make sure that every child has the opportunity to do what we call virtual learning um, from a home environment while they can't be in school. Are you pleased to see the children of AUT schools returning? I am really pleased to see children returning to AUT schools uh, around the country. Um, Monday the 1st and Tuesday the 2nd of June, we were completing our risk assessments and all of our fabulous staff were coming back into school, meeting with each other, planning, preparing for the children to arrive back on Wednesday the 3rd of June. Um, I and my executive team were around in all of the primary schools over those first two days visiting. And I was particularly lucky because I got to see some children um, having an orientation day on Tuesday the 2nd. So yes, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, our staff and our children have been brilliant during uh, the lockdown period um, while school has been closed. We have learnt um, so much. Um, the levels of communication and trust between staff, parents and children has been absolutely magnificent. But boy, we really need, um, we need the children back in, in school. Parents have done a super job um, trying to continue uh, their children's education from home. But the children need to see the staff. The staff are absolutely loving seeing the children. But maybe most importantly, um, the children need to see each other. Um, one of the disadvantages of this period of lockdown and us not being together is that there are um, instances of, of boredom and instances of uh, loneliness, um, concerns about uh, confidence and learning. And so to be able to meet up again and to have those conversations and try and to return to the better aspects of uh, normality is a, a wonderful thing. What is your long-term plan for Academies Enterprise Trust? So at AET, we've developed this vision of remarkable lives and every child choosing to lead a remarkable life and wanting remarkable lives for all of our staff, our parents and our communities. And so the, the long-term plan, quite simply, is to really build on the substance of that vision. And what I consider to be success is when for every one of our 32,000 children, we've really worked out a bespoke individual plan that suits each of those individuals. Pushing on with our developing our four um, values at AT, being unusually brave, being big hearted, pushing the limits, 
and exploring what's possible. Uh, we want to help every child to navigate both their school life, but also their life after school as well. And so hence we've made huge strides in terms of developing our careers advice and our careers guidance. We've also made huge strides at the beginning of school life um, with a greater emphasis on nurseries and how we get children prepared for the start of their school life. So the, the long-term plan is absolutely to make the best of everything we can uh, to try and meet everyone's individual passions, preferences uh, and needs. And if we can do that for every single one of our, our children and our staff and our communities, that uh, will be a great plan. What are your fondest memories of your own schooling? I'd be very happy to share uh, some of my fondest memories of school. But I, I think the more relevant question are what are some of the most vivid memories of school? Because school is, uh, is like life and one has one's uh, ups and downs. One had some great years and one had some less good years. And some of those uh, fantastic memories are, are individual memories, personal memories. Um, but some of the best ones are collective memories of things done with friends. So uh, I'd really stress that, um, you know, life and education is about uh, ups and downs. For me, some of the best moments involved performances. Uh, I used to love being in uh, year group plays or uh, end of year plays, um, assemblies. Uh, that sense of camaraderie where you're with a group of others and you put on a performance that you know other people have really um, enjoyed. As I said, some of the worst moments have happened there too. Uh, the, the fear of uh, having to um, perform, to memorise lines, to uh, put on a really good performance, that could be extremely stressful as well. So that fits very much my pattern of uh, good times and bad times often happening together in very close proximity. What has been your favourite job before AET and why? I can honestly say that I have really enjoyed uh, all of my jobs. Um, I've learnt um, a lot, I've experienced a lot, and each of them has contributed to each stage in my career. I don't think it makes sense to have regrets. Um, one learns about oneself, uh, one learns about things that one likes and things that one doesn't like, uh, and it's those lessons that you take forward into the next stage. In terms of favourite jobs, I've already mentioned being CEO of Macmillan Education. It was incredibly exciting to be involved in schools and education with children from all different ages all around the world. But maybe my favourite job was in my 20s uh, when I worked for Chris Blackwell, who was the founder of Island Records, and the project I was working on was on the redevelopment of a whole town uh, called Oricabessa in Jamaica. I had just finished at Harvard University where my passion had been around development, human, social, cultural, economic uh, development. And I'd both studied courses and taught a course, including 
Why are the rich so rich and the poor so poor? And this project at Oricabessa was a total town redevelopment. Oricabessa had been a banana port. It had fallen on incredibly hard times and the community needed reinvigoration and uh, revitalization. So in effect, this was the ultimate community development project. And I threw myself into it uh, three of the best years of my life. Being Jamaica, tourism was always going to be the economic driver of the community. But we wanted to work out the kind of community that everyone could participate in and benefit from. So I worked on all the different aspects. We negotiated with the government about the local town's infrastructure, uh, getting the water supply improved, getting the electricity right. Working with the community, we developed uh, environmental plans for the preservation of the waterfront. Um, we had projects involving the school. We built an extra form of entry onto the local primary school. We were in discussion groups with the churches, uh, local farmers, producers and suppliers. Um, we thought hard about the design of the town. The pleasure of the project was trying to create uh, an inclusive community, a community that valued uh, everyone's place uh, within that. And that's one of the reasons why I uh, love AET. We're about building communities and we're about trying to take care of every single individual. If you could do any other job, what would it be? Great question. Um, if I could do any other job, what would my dream job be? Uh, I think you've probably heard from my answers to the previous questions just how much I uh, love being CEO of AT and what a wonderful job it is. Um, maybe I should tie it to the longer term plans and uh, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could have even more children, even more schools, uh, a greater diversity and variety. Um, wouldn't it be brilliant if you could all be part of a community that wasn't just uh, an English community? Maybe we could have links and be involved with international education and children around the world. So I think I've got, I've got the perfect job. Um, and the question is, can I make it even better for everyone who's uh, involved at AET? Really interesting answers there. Thank you. And a big thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. If you've got any questions that you'd like to ask Mr. Trinkle, remember to send them in via ClassDojo, Google Classroom or in the comments section. And now it's time for Votes for Schools. Votes for Schools. Votes for Schools. This week's Votes for Schools topic is Will the recent anti-racism protests lead to change? As many of you may have seen on the news or via social media, George Floyd protests have been happening in America and around the world. This lesson, provided remotely or in school by your teachers, explores the roots of racism and what the current anti-racism and Black Lives Matter protests are hoping to achieve. The slides provide further details about inequality and emphasise the importance of not just being non-racist, but being anti-racist. So the question is, do you think that the recent anti-racism protests will lead to change or not? 
From the 3rd of June, Lee Forest began welcoming back children in reception, year 1 and year 6. School staff have worked exceptionally hard to ensure that school is safe and social distancing guidelines are adhered to, while still providing a high-quality curriculum offer. But how do the children that have returned feel about this? Mrs Newbold discussed this issue with her class 6th and N to find out more. Hi everyone, here's what they're thinking about being back at Lee Forest. Hi everyone, Jason here. I love coming to school because I love learning with my friends and all my classmates. Destiny here. I love being back to school because I get to see all of my friends. We are staying safe. Hi everyone, it's Vera. Hope you're all staying safe. I love coming into school because I get to see everyone. We're staying socially distant, but we're all having fun. Hope to see you soon. Hi, Marco here. I'm happy that I'm back to school. I miss Miss Newbold and doing fun activities. My opinion is that the normal school is better than the virtual school. Hi everyone, it's Chloe. I have loved coming back to school. I get to learn more and get to see my teacher and classmates. Please come back. It is so safe and lots of fun. It's Leah here. I love coming back to school because we can see some classmates and teachers. We also have forest school. The classroom is slightly different but we are keeping safe and are all socially distanced. We all hope to see you at school very soon. Bye. So there you go. I hope to see more of you before the summer holidays. If you do feel like coming back to school, get your parents to phone the office and we'll see about getting you in as soon as possible. Bye everyone. It's now the part of the show where we bring you the article of the week. This week's article is Article 42, Knowledge of Rights. This lesson explores the fact that governments must actively work to make sure children and adults know about the Convention. In the slides provided by your teachers, Sam from UNICEF explains this article further. More information and resources on this topic can be found on the UNICEF website, www.unicef.org.uk or by searching for UNICEF Article of the Week on your web browser. We are now joined by Mrs Morsley, who will bring us another MFL Masterclass. MFL Masterclass Hola a todos y bienvenido a Español con Señora Morsley. Hi everyone and welcome again to Spanish with Mrs Morsley. I hope everyone's feeling well. So this week the theme for the podcast is back to school so we're going to be talking and thinking about our feelings the easing of lockdown and the gradual return to school and to work for many people can stir up lots of feelings whether they're positive or negative remember all feelings are completely normal so i'd like you to think about then how you're feeling how have you been feeling during lockdown there's a whole wide range of feelings that we can experience on a daily basis i want you to think about if you're struggling with these feelings Think back to past lessons that we've done in the past across the school. Think about those different faces or those different feelings on the different coloured card. Think about how you feel about returning to school or if you've been at school all along, how you feel about your friends returning to school. The question that we're going to look at this week is ¿Cómo te sientes? ¿Cómo te sientes? Have a think. What do you think I might be asking you? What could that question mean? Como te sientes? Remember this week we're thinking about our feelings, so see if you can piece it together. Como te sientes? Como te sientes means how do you feel? 
So we're going to use that question to form our answer. And we're going to use me siento. Can you say that? Me siento, which means I feel. Me siento. Now this week we're going to focus on four adjectives. We're going to be able to, by the end of the podcast, to say that we feel happy, sad, excited and worried. As I think these are probably the four most common emotions that you're going to be feeling either thinking about going back to school or on your return to school. It may even be that you've got a mixture of all four of these emotions. So you might be happy and excited to see your friends and to try and return to a bit of normality, getting back into routines. And you might also be feeling sad about leaving behind your families to go back to work. You might still be worried about the situation. You might be worried about your schoolwork. You might be a bit nervous about seeing people again. And all of these emotions are absolutely fine and absolutely normal. So going back to our question then, como te sientes, how do you feel? We're going to use me siento as our sentence stem, which is going to be the start of each of our responses. So me siento. Now to say happy, we say feliz. Have a go. Feliz. You may have heard this word before, feliz navidad. When we say merry Christmas or cumpleaños feliz, happy birthday. So the word feliz, happy. Me siento feliz. The second feeling that we're going to be saying is triste, which means sad. Triste. Have a go. Me siento triste. Now I want you to listen really carefully to the next two feelings and see if you can spot something that we've looked at quite a lot during our Spanish lessons. To say I'm excited, I would say me siento emocionada. However, Mr. Clark might say, me siento emocionado. So I would say, me siento emocionada. Mr. Clark would say, me siento emocionado. To say, I am worried, I would say, me siento preocupada. Mr. White would say, me siento preocupado. Can you hear a difference? Have a think. We've got emocionado or emocionada for excited, preocupado or preocupada for worried. Why? Why would I say one version and somebody else say it differently? Have a think. What could be the difference? If you can hear a difference at the end of the word, have a think why that might be. So if you're thinking that you can hear it's preocupado, if it's a male speaking, and preocupada, if it's a female speaking, that would be absolutely correct. Because remember, adjectives have to agree with the noun. And in this case, the adjectives are agreeing with the speaker. So if the speaker is male, they would use the masculine form. If the speaker is female, they would use the feminine form. Okay, so now then we've learnt to say, me siento feliz, I feel happy. Me siento triste, I feel sad. Me siento emocionado o emocionada. Me siento preocupado o preocupada. So we can say I feel happy, sad, excited or worried. If you want to use an adverb of quantity to say I feel very happy, for example, you would use the word muy. Me siento muy feliz. I feel very happy. If you want to say a little, we would use un poco. So if I wanted to say, 
I feel a little bit sad. I would say, me siento un poco triste. So this adverb of quantity then can be used to express either we feel it a lot or we feel it a little bit. So, ask someone in your house the question, ¿Cómo te sientes? And reply with, me siento, and how you're feeling about returning to school. So, for a further extension task then, thinking back to paths lessons that we've previously looked at, where we've looked at the different faces that represent different emotions and different feelings, I would like you to draw 10 circles to represent 10 faces, and I would like you to draw 10 different feelings on those faces, both positive feelings and negative feelings, because remember, all feelings are okay and all feelings are normal. So I'd like you to draw 10 different faces with 10 different emotions on, and I would like you using a bilingual dictionary or online, find and write the correct adjective underneath each picture. And when you've done that, show it to your class teacher if you're in school or if you're working from home, send it in to us so we can have a look at it. I'm sure they'll be absolutely fabulous. So good luck with that task, everyone. I just want you to remember that all feelings are normal, all feelings are okay and feelings can and do change. If you are particularly worried though about anything, make sure you reach out and speak to somebody that you trust. Okay, don't keep feelings to yourselves. I'm looking forward to seeing all of your fabulous work. Take care and I will speak to you again next week. Adios! We're now joined by Mrs. Newbold's son, Josh, for this week's Skill School. Skills, skills, skills. Hi guys, this next skill I'm going to teach you is the Hocus Pocus. So first of all, you dribble up to the cone and then you scoop the ball behind your front leg and then dribble past the cone. Thanks Josh. Remember you can check out the videos for Skill School on Lee Forest TV. Now it's the part of the show where we find our fun fact of the day. Again, we want you to get involved at home by sending us your fun facts. We'll then choose the best one and use it on the next episode. Fact of the day. This week's amazing fact is the entire world's population could fit inside Los Angeles. The world's total population is more than 7.5 billion, and obviously that number sounds huge. However, it might feel a little more manageable once you learn that if every single one of those people stood shoulder to shoulder, they could all fit within the 500 square miles of Los Angeles. Remember, we want you to get involved at home too. So send in your amazing facts through Google Classroom, Class Dojo, or even the comments section too. That's it for this week's episode. We hope that you really enjoyed it and continue to pass on the pod to your friends and family to get as many people listening as possible. Remember that the podcast is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Make sure that you join us for the next one where we will be chatting to lots of teachers about the transition from one year group or key stage to another. Mm